his arms are like stretched out and he's just looking at me and all I could say was my baby, my baby. Welcome to the Happy Homebirth Podcast, your source for positive natural childbirth stories and your community of support, education, and encouragement in all things homebirth and motherhood. Raise your hand if your doula became a doula at 17 years old before having her own children and before coming an RN. No? Just Ellie? Hey there, happy home birthers, and welcome to episode 189 of the Happy Home Birth Podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Fusco, and this week we're speaking to Ellie, birth doula turned RN turned home birth mama. We'll be sharing her three beautiful stories, and I'm really putting an emphasis on beautiful. This is a great pep talk episode and reminder that birth can go so beautifully, and it so often does. Okay, let's jump in. Please remember that the opinions of my guest may not necessarily reflect my own and vice versa, and this show is not medical advice. It's an educational tool, so continue to take empowered responsibility for your health and your family. Okay. Ellie, thank you so much for coming on the Happy Home Birth Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Oh, I'm so excited to have you. And I'm really excited for you to just take a moment to share who you are and kind of your profession with the listeners, because this is this is always very fun. So take it away. All right. Well, my name is Ellie. I've been married to my husband, Jonathan, for nine years. Um, we have three kiddos, five, three, and one, and I'm 25 weeks pregnant with our fourth. Um, so we have three, this will be our third boy and a girl. And so we'll be have six, four and two and the baby this year and this fall. So it's a fun, busy time. Um, we live out in the woods in Florida, Northeast Florida. Um, we have just this, the Lord just provided us this perfect piece of land kind of connected to my husband's family. And then it's surrounded by the Osceola National Forest. So we are really out in the middle of nowhere. We have 40 acres of our own, but then we're surrounded by thousands of like nothing. And it's just Whoa. a dream. So that we are, it is, it is like, we still, I, I say it all the time and the kids too, the kids would be like, can you believe we live here? Aren't you so happy we live here? <laughs> and so we're all, we're all still loving it. Um, my husband built our house. So it took us about three years. We've been in our house only eight months. So it definitely still, the thrill has not worn off. We are loving it. Um, but so that's a little bit about just our family. I homeschool our little, our oldest little guy. Um, and then I have been a birth worker for 11 years. Um, I was a doula before I became a nurse. And then I had started, um, the process to become a nurse to kind of go on and become a midwife. But then I met my husband and we had babies. And so I am perfectly content right now to, um, be mostly mom. And I work like one or two days a week. Um, as a postpartum newborn nurse, I get to take care of moms and babies after delivery or, um, depending on like where you're assigned that day, I, um, attend deliveries for the babies as well. So, um, so it's, it's a very busy, um, high risk hospital inner city. So it's nothing to attend at least eight births a day when you go. So it's, it's crazy town, but I love it. Um, so I've been there doing the nursing thing for about seven years. So, um, mm-hmm. 
So yeah, it's it's fun. We're we're busy and we're loving it. That's incredible. I think it's so neat for you and certainly for your patients that you were a doula first, that you were a doula before you were a nurse. How do you think that's impacted how you care for moms and babies? Oh man, I think um, it's it just impacts my whole worldview on birth and motherhood and even not working as a, a labor nurse. I don't take care of the moms in labor. I do the babies um, right after birth and then I take care of the moms after. But I just feel like just having the um, the view that birth is normal, this is a normal life process, and also that moms should have choices in things, you know, not like this is how we do it. So you just come and take part in our process. Um, mm-hmm. And I feel like that I, I hope that I give them a different experience based on my my view of birth and them kind of that coming from it from that angle. So I definitely am still a doula at heart, even though I'm not working as one right now. I love that. That's so neat. So let's start from the beginning. I, it sounds like you were certainly a doula before you became a mother. So how did you get into that? And then we'll kind of walk into your pregnancy. Perfect. Yeah. So I, it was reluctantly, which is funny. So I was very young. I was senior in high school and I knew that I wanted to do something, um, some kind of career path that felt meaningful. So I'm looking for, like, what can I do that would help people? Um, my parents had adopted five of my siblings, and so I had been so fortunate to be able to spend a lot of time overseas during my high school years, kind of um, working in, like, orphan care realm stuff, so, like, volunteering in orphanages. And I was like, how can I come back with skills. Like I want to come back here with something that I can do that's helpful. And so that kind of led me into looking for a career path as a senior. And, um, my, my mom had always talked really favorably about her birth experiences. And, but my sister, I have a sister who's 10 years older than me. So she's kind of closer in my life experience. And she had had her babies naturally. And I thought she was just like a wackadoodle. I was like, why would anybody turn down the resources that we have today when that just sounds like the worst thing that could happen to anyone is have a baby. (laughs) So I always loved babies, but I was like, what a shame that it has to do that to your body. So my view about birth was so different before I became a doula, like almost right before I became a doula. Um, But I had kind of heard about midwifery and I was like, well, this seems like something that would be really, um, like a really helpful career path wherever I use it, whether I use it overseas or here, seems like it'd be good, but let me make sure I don't hate it. So let me f- become a doula or go to a training. So I went to my little doula training at 17 and oh my word, the ladies explaining the hormonal cascade of like birth itself, just the physiological process of birth. And I was flabbergasted. I was like, are you kidding me? This is incredible. Mm-hmm. Like, not only did God make women's bodies obviously able to do this, but he provided at each step of the way for it to work. And I was just like mind blown. I was so just taken in by birth instantly. And so it was just a fun flip of a switch in my mind from going from like, this is the creepiest thing I could ever imagine to, yes, I want to do this with my life. I want to be involved in birth. So I became a doula. Um, I attended my first birth the night before my high school graduation. I missed my rehearsal, but I was just like on cloud nine for days. I've been up with this woman for like three days, Um, but I just was driving home thinking nobody on this road has just experienced something as miraculous as me unless they also are driving home from a birth. And so I just could not 
get over it. And so uh, I got certified that year and I started working as a doula, um, like right after high school. Wow. That's very unusual. It, well, I was homeschooled too. So my mom was really helpful and letting me like jump right in. Um, yeah. And I feel like that was a huge, huge opportunity. But looking back, I'm like, I was so young. Like people let me come to their births and I wouldn't hire a 17 year old doula. So I'm like, oh my gosh. Um, but the, like looking back, it just says, after, especially after I had my first baby, I was like, what a gift those women gave me. Like, hopefully I was helpful to them, but what a gift that they gave me to see that birth is normal. This is something that is not to be afraid of. And I got to go into my first birth, like having been to tons of births and not being afraid. And that was like the biggest gift that obviously from the Lord, but from those women who let me come and, <laughs> and help them. And so I was so, so, so thankful that that was part of my story and I didn't have to figure it out later. Yeah. But, so yeah, long, that's a long story. And then I was in, um, in North Carolina. So at the time, once I figured out I loved birth, there was no CPM route, um, legally right. there. So I, the next step was to go to nursing school. So, gotcha. um, yeah, so that's what I, what I started with. And then you met so, your husband. Yes. So we met, um, and thankfully I had already, I was working as a doula. I was, I was just starting nursing school. So we, like, that was already part of my life. So we didn't have to have an awkward conversation when we're pregnant. You know, it was like, it was one of our first serious conversations. I was like, well, what do you think about home birth? And um, I, we hadn't even held hands, but I wanted to make sure, like, if things get serious, he's okay with me having a baby in the bathtub. And mm -hmm. he said he was Amen. fine with it. So I married him. So. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> But, oh, that's yeah, incredible. So that, okay. So you guys got married and then what was your, what was this first pregnancy like? So we were married for, um, <clears throat> three years. So I was still in nurse, excuse me, nursing school. And I definitely had baby fever at that point. We've married three years and like ready to just move on with my life and be done with all this school and all this. But, um, so he, his pregnancy is kind of funny because he was technically a surprise, but almost planned because I had such bad, I had such bad baby fever at this point. And I, one day I was like, oh my gosh, if we get pregnant today, then I have Thanksgiving break and um, I could be due right at Thanksgiving break. So that could be perfect. And then I'd have Christmas break. We could have a baby while I'm still in school. It could all be great. And so I went to Jonathan and he's just very logical. And he's like, ah, <laughs> that sounds like he might be pushing it. He's like, um, like you've worked really hard for this, being very supportive. And I didn't want to hear all his feminist arguments at that point of like me pursuing my career roles. I'm like, shut up, just go along with it, be fun. <laughs> um, but no, he was he was just so supportive. He's like, I just really don't. What if happens if you go early? What happens if you go in bed rest? You're gonna be sad if you have to start all this over. I was like, okay, fine, be that way. So. He, we did not try. And so based on my cycle, like we had practiced natural family planning as well. So I had not been on birth control. So I was, my cycle was very regular, very predictable. So, but he was just meant to be, <laughs> so this baby was meant to be. Um, so a few weeks after that, I start having this terrible heartburn and I'm like, what is wrong with me? Maybe I need to have my gallbladder out. Like what is happening? Like I had this terrible indigestion and like stomach pain. 
So it was lasting for days. And I kept telling, I'm like, Jonathan, what's wrong with me? He's like, you're pregnant. And I was like, I'm not pregnant. There is no way. You said no. And blah, blah, blah. Here's my cycle. This is what happened. There's no way. Well, uh, it lasted <laughs> like chart. a week. Yeah, the chart says no. So, um, so we, we had, we were going to one of my best friend's weddings in North Carolina. My family was all up there. We'd moved to Florida by this point. Um, and so we're, uh, we were going to go out for sushi. We're not going out drinking. We were going out for sushi and I wanted to make sure I wasn't pregnant before I went and ate raw fish. <laughs> so I took a pregnancy test and, um, it was negative. So I'm like, what the heck, what's wrong with me? Why am I still feeling this way? So I just threw it in my purse, get in the car, leave. And as I'm driving down the street, I look down at my purse at the stop sign and it was positive. Like it had been a little longer, but there was two lines on the test. And I like start hyperventilating in the car. I'm like, oh my gosh. So I call him. I rush back to my parents. I'm like, come out by yourself. Don't let my brothers and sisters come out with you. Just come out by yourself. I got to tell you something. So he comes out and uh, I showed him the pregnancy test. And he's like, I told you. And I was like, that's not how you're supposed to react to somebody telling you you're having your first job. But um, he was like, I have told you. So um, at first, of course, we were all excited. And then the next day, we're like, oh, my gosh, what if this doesn't actually go? Well, it could be great or it could be all our plans are ruined. And so kind of this little emotional turmoil. And then um, a couple days after that, I actually started bleeding, like pretty heavy spotting. And so it was, um, it was terrifying. And I'm, I started grieving like I'm miscarrying, I'm like, oh my gosh. And so it was, it was a scary experience, but also looking back, like it was just what I needed. Like the Lord allowed me to realize just this nice, perfect perspective uh, shift of what are your priorities? You know, like, what is more important, your school and your career or your obviously like I, my motherhood was always my true ultimate career goal. So, Mm -hmm. um, that was just kind of a really eye opening experience of, of course, like no matter what happens is like, we want this baby, we want this baby to live. And so just praying and begging God to let this baby live. Um, and so that kind of led to where we ended up choosing to birth as well, because I was only like six weeks and um, trying to find somebody who will check on you and see if everything is okay and get you in that early was kind of tricky. So I had known a midwife from when I was a doula and she, um, I just messaged her on Facebook and she got me in. So I ended up staying with them because they were just so wonderful from the beginning. Um, So seven weeks, they got me in for an ultrasound and that beautiful little beating heart um, was on the screen. And I had stopped bleeding by that point, but there was like a pocket of fluid behind the placenta. So she thought maybe it was almost like a subchorionic mini hemorrhage or something mm-hmm. that thankfully um, resolved on its own. So it was terrifying, but also I really needed that to help yeah. wake me up and realize, snap out of it. This is a good thing. I, <laughs> so, I want this. <laughs> yes, I want this for sure. I want this baby. Mm-hmm. Um and so that was a, a hidden blessing for us. But so anyway, she was a midwife at a freestanding birth center, but it was attached to a hospital. So it was kind of a unique setup where they had. Wow, that's very interesting. Uh, they had, uh, it was a part of like the a hospital system, but they had staffed CPMs and CNMs. Um, wow. And a lot of them had been home birth midwives before. So it was this nice 
nice blend of kind of in between the two worlds. Um, so that's where we had um, ended up for him and they were great. So, um, but then, so as far as like the rest of that pregnancy, he, it was a, mostly a beautiful pregnancy. I was a little nauseous in the beginning, um, but nothing crazy. And that was such a blessing because I was so busy with school. I was um, full-time nursing school. Uh, I mostly felt great. I think I took two naps this whole pregnancy in stark contrast to all of my other pregnancies where I maybe didn't take a nap <laughs> two days. <laughs> um, but so I had lots of energy with him. Um, but then at our 20 week scan, we had, did like the traditional anatomy scan and they're like, everything looks great, except he's got four markers for, um, like genetic conditions, like increased risk of genetic conditions. So, um, they said it could be nothing cause I'm a pretty tiny person. So they had told me that could be, you just see more because you're fairly small. And so maybe everything is nothing, but they still had to like have the genetic counselor call us and offer us additional testing. And, um, we were like, no, nah, it's all right. Well, like, I'm sure whatever it is, it was nothing too crazy. It was just like calcium deposits and he was measuring small in certain areas and stuff. Um, so we were like, we'll just trust the Lord with it. We don't want to do any invasive testing. So, but that was a little stressful. Like you go in, mm-hmm. especially first baby, not thinking anything's going to be wrong. I was young, healthy. And so then all of a sudden they're like, well, might be fine, but also might, he might have down syndrome. And I'm like, well, right. Okay. Um, so that was kind of a little exercise and trusting the Lord too. But um, ultimately, like the next ultrasound that we had, everything was gone. Everything was fine. So um, thankfully, oh, that was good. But, um, and then just smooth sailing until 28 weeks when um, I did the gestational diabetes, like the glucose tolerance test. And I kind of, I, I think I went in thinking it was a birth center and I was assuming that I was just going to get kind of more home birth treatment as far as options. And so I didn't really ask a lot of questions. Um, but I think it was, it did have more of a medical side to it than I realized. And so I just did it because they, like they said, well, it's now it's time for your screening. And I didn't realize there was other options of like how to do it and that kind of thing. So looking back, I would have probably asked more questions, but, um, at the time, so I failed the one hour, and then I went and took the three hour worst experience of my life. Yeah. Took the three hour test, and then I failed that too. And uh, um, she called me at work, the nurse, um, and she was like, "Just calling, let you know you're a gestational diabetic." And I was like, "I'm sorry, what? <laughs> Are you? Do you have the right number?" The phone cut out. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I think you called the wrong girl. Um, but. No, apparently I had actually failed the three hour too. And so I started monitoring my sugars at home and thank God my sugars were always fine with what I ate. So, um, but like state law with Florida, you had to be low risk to deliver at the birth center. Um, and there's like certain rules. And so being a gestational diabetic technically made you have to deliver at the hospital. So it wasn't like a little deal. It was like, this changes my whole birth plan. Um, yeah. So I was like, I wish I would have known a little more before (laughs) I agreed to all this. But at the same time, I knew if I was a diabetic, I wanted to know. It wasn't like I didn't want to take care of that if I, if I was a diabetic, but it doesn't look like I am. (laughs) So can we talk about this? Um, And so they had allow, like, so they, I monitored my blood sugars and, but the thing was because they were under the hospital system, 
they had to get things approved by an attending physician. So there was a, a little bit more, there's not as much autonomy as I thought there was either. So the, um, thankfully, like they would take my stuff to the attending, blah, blah, blah. The attending would come back. They was like, well, we just have to wait and see. We just keep having to wait and see how it goes. So it was, I was 37 weeks pregnant finally. And I'm like, I am full term. Where do I go if I go into labor? Like, please just somebody give me an answer. And so um, they were like, okay, we'll find out. And so I'm 37 weeks pregnant thinking like, oh my gosh, where, where am I going? And so um, that was very stressful to me. And um, so finally they, the attending looked at all my stuff and she was like, you're not really a diabetic. Like you can eat all of this and your sugar's completely fine. So they declared me not diabetic. <laughs> and so they said, I apparently, um, she was like, I think it's, because at that point I worked at the hospital with her and I was like, thank you. So I saw her in the hallway and I was like, thank you so much. You've just made all my dreams come true. And um, she was like, I think it's from too healthy eating is what she told me. She was like, I see this sometimes with people who don't, who eat too healthy. She was like, you can't tolerate that much sugar. And I was like, well, that makes sense. But, um, but it was just cracking up. I think it's from too healthy eating. (laughs) Too healthy eating. eating. Okay. Um, Thanks for all the stress, too healthy eating. Um, but so, so anyway, so that was 37 weeks, um, finally figured all that out and like, ah, sigh of relief. I get to deliver at the birth center full term, no issues. We're ready to go. So, um, uh, so like, let's see at that point I was, this was, I had not discovered birth podcasts. I don't know if they were around really so much six, seven years ago. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't nearly what it is now, that's for sure. Yeah, so I I was unaware. If they were out there, I wasn't aware of them. But I had found um like the I had done all the classes when I was a doula, so I knew I liked hypno babies. I had the audio tracks and I would just listen to those and fall asleep to those at night basically and practice relax. And then I also so I I had found late probably around this time the hypno babies website and they had written birth stories at the time, like people would write in their birth stories. And so I just binge read those. And all these people were talking about this pain-free childbirth. And I was like, I don't know that that's actually a thing, but it sounds cool. And enough people are writing in about it that it seems like it must be pretty legit. So I was not banking on pain-free, but at least I'm going to try the relaxing stuff. And as a doula, I had seen that the one, the women who used that were so much more, um, like had so much better coping skills. So that was, I was fully on board with hypno babies, hypno birthing slash all of that. Um, except I, I am a Christian. And so sometimes the, the recordings would be like, you deserve um, a perfect, easy, smooth birthing <laughs> or like you are a birthing goddess. I'm like, I'm not a goddess of anything. And I also know I don't deserve anything. So please, Lord, I would like a smooth, easy birthing, but just know I know I don't deserve it. (laughs) I know I'm going in knowing that I don't like earn this, but sure, I would love it if you could work it out. I'll take it as a gift. (laughs) I would take it as a free, yes. I will take it as a gift. I will thank you for it. Um, So that's my little hypno babies disclaimer that I give. But aside from that, I love it. so I've done it with all my babies, but so finally I'm 39 weeks. I had my last day of nursing school clinicals. Um, so they, my clinical instructor that semester was such a gift to me. She had bulked up my hours so that I could finish early. 
And so I was only going to have to go back after that day for like two more weeks of classes and tests. And then I'd be off for Christmas break, which was six weeks. So that was just a dream come true. And so I had prayed all along this pregnancy, just thinking like, Lord, please let me have this baby the weekend before Thanksgiving break so that I can have this whole time off and John's going to be home, all of that. So um, that was, I think this was like a Thursday before. Yeah. So it was a Thursday before the weekend, um, before Thanksgiving break. So I finished up my clinicals. It was the most boring day ever, but that was perfect. Like boring was my speed. So, um, I remember stopping at Publix and the lady was like, Oh, when are you due? The little cashier. And I was like next week, but I'm hoping to have him today. And she just looked at me like, okay, (laughs) okay. (laughs) Have a nice day. Um, so I, went home. Um, I had, so I had lost my mucus plug like throughout the week before I was having all this bloody show. I was having Braxton Hicks. So I felt like ready. Um, mm-hmm. it's like things are happening. And so I went home and I like cut up all my fruit, prepped all my food, stocked the fridge and thought, I sure hope I don't eat all this. Like I did the stuff from last week before I have this baby. <laughs> I just did all this work. Yeah. Um, yeah, hopefully we can save this. And so, yeah, so the day that Wednesday, the day before this day, I had a midwife appointment and I had lost a few pounds and was measuring like 34 weeks where the week before I was measuring 37. So they were like, we'll just do like a biophysical profile real quick and make sure your fluid is fine. You didn't lose weight and drop because you have no fluid. I was like, okay, that seems reasonable. So they checked and my fluid was great. And they were like, I think, um, he just probably dropped down lower. And I was like, well, I could have told you that because it feels like he's in my crotch <laughs> while I'm walking. So um, that makes perfect sense. So we had just seen him on ultrasound the day before. Everything was perfect. Um, but I had dropped. And so, you know, like that doesn't necessarily mean anything. But at the same time, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking maybe that means something. Um, so, yeah. So, yeah, exciting. So then that's 39 weeks. So I go home and um, we just had a really sweet evening. Jonathan and I at home just like play, he's playing guitar, I played piano, and we just hung out, played music, and um, just had a really sweet, chill evening. And I was feeling kind of crampy, like menstrual cramps. Um, and we went to bed like 1030. And I was having kind of some crampiness, but, and I could kind of feel it while I was sleeping, which was different. I didn't really, I don't remember having that before. Um, and then it was like 1144. I woke up to one where it made me like flip up and over on my hands and knees, like involuntarily. I was like, Oh, I don't want to lay flat on my back for this. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I was like, well, that was different. Um, so I, got up and I was like, I think I need to go to the bathroom. So I got up, went to the bathroom and it was like the purge. (laughs) I just had like complete bowel uh, emptying. And I noticed I kept having these. um, It was just like my belly was tightening up and wrapping around my back. And I was like, this is like a cramp, but extra, like an extra cramp. And, but it didn't hurt. And so um, it's like, it's just painless tightenings. But they're, they, I was noticing they are, like, consistently coming. So I pulled out my little app thing, and they were, like, every two to three minutes. And I was like, oh, they said call it four to five minutes. <laughs> but that seems, 
it seems in, like not like I don't well, this is not fitting into the formula um so but it was every two to three minutes but they were not lasting that long uh, they were like 35 to 45 seconds and my labor actually ended up staying that way they never got to um, really long contractions mm-hmm. so they just came just kind of short and close together and apparently that was enough but um, so I texted my, uh, we were planning to have, so I had a doula, um, her name was Vonda. And then my sister who lives like two and a half hours away from me in Savannah, um, she was planning to come, she's a photographer. So she was going to come take pictures for us. Um, so I texted my sister and my doula and let them know like, Hey, some stuff might be happening. Um, just heads up. And so my doula calls me and she was just getting home from her fourth birth that week. So oh. I think she, yeah, I know she was like, ah, okay. Um, she was like, try to take a shower and lay down and um, see if they'll go away. And I think she's praying. Please don't do go this. Away. Please. <laughs> any, any time, but now. Um, so she, and I remember her telling me, she's like, I think you're just excited or something like, I'm sure you're excited. And I'm like, I'm not excited. I, I really am not excited. I'm just telling you, like, I think something's happening. But I'll, sure, I'll take a shower. I'll see how this goes. Um, so Jonathan, he's still asleep at this point. And so I'm just kind of moseying around. I was kind of bouncing on my birth ball. And then uh, got in the shower. And things just kind of picked up. So the shower did not slow things down. But I realized I don't really enjoy the shower. Um, this is kind of a little bit more intense. I was, I was liking leaning over the counter, like leaning, relaxing completely my upper, like half of my body and just kind of swaying my hips. And that just was intuitively what felt comfortable. And if I could do that and just get loose, then it really was painless. So, um, I was like this, this works. The shower, I couldn't really, the shower that we had was like one of those little stall showers, Mm -hmm. um, and so I was like, I, I'm just going to get out. And so, um, we, so I got out and I had to go to the bathroom again. So I sat down and I'm like, maybe I'll just check my cervix. Like I live, we, so at this point we, we lived on a little farm, um, in a fixer upper. It was definitely more fixer than upper at this point <laughs> in our lives. So it, we, that's part of the reason we did not choose to have home birth first also, mm-hmm. cause I always wanted to have a home birth. But at that point we were like, I was like, this would not be a peaceful environment for me amid all the construction equipment. So right. let's do a birth center. So, um, but I, so anyway, I was, but we lived an hour away from the birth center. So I was like, I don't want to just show up up there with this, you know, if it's not legit. So it's like a I'll just try. I had checked my cervix using natural family planning for years. Mm -hmm. So I knew what a normal cervix felt like. Um, So I reach in there and I can't find it. (laughs) I'm like, where, where are you cervix? (laughs) And so it was, I'm guessing it meant like I was fully effaced because it was gone. And then like the hole where I was assuming was my cervix, I could stretch my fingers apart almost like two inches and there was like this bulging bag coming out and I could feel like a head bobbing in there. I'm like, oh, okay, I'm going to call the birth center and just let them know. I don't really know what this means, but I'm just at this point in my career, I did not know. I was still in school. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I don't know much, but I know that I can feel things are happening. 
So I called um, the birth center and they were like, okay, the midwife will get back with you in just a second. So the midwife calls me and it happens to be Cindy, who was the one that I had known, who like was just mm-hmm. such a reassuring presence at each step of like our kind of stressful times in the pregnancy. And I was just like, oh, thank you. I'm so glad it's you that's on call. Um, the other was were great too, but it was just like, oh, thank you. I'm so just relieved that it was her. She's like, hey, what's up? And so I told her like what I'd found when I did some exploring and she was like, oh, well, it sounds like you might be like five centimeters then. Um, she's like, you sound like you're coping fine, but it might progress pretty quickly. So, um, she asked like, how far are you guys again? And so told her an hour and she was like, maybe you guys should probably come in. So this was, uh, like one thirty in the morning. Um, so it'd been like 1145 that I woke up. It's only been two hours. So, um, I was like, I don't know if I should, I probably just measured wrong. Like, I don't think that I could be that far along, it really doesn't feel like much is happening. Like I promise, like I can relax and it feels fine. And I just was expecting it to be so much more intense. So, um, she was like, okay, well, how about you still come in? And I was like, how about three o'clock? Can we just come in like three? She's like, sure. That sounds good. So, um, so I go and I trying to wake up Jonathan. He's like out. So I start having a contraction while I'm trying to wake him up. And so I'm just kind of like swaying next to him and I'm trying to like hit him like poke him while I'm contracting he kind of like looks at me like out of it and I was like hey I think it's time to go to the birth center and he was like really it's early (laughs) he like looks at the clock he's like are you sure I was like do you want me to come back later (laughs) he's like sure that'd be nice so of course like it just started out funny you just laughing because he's like I mean is now a good time if it's a good time for you (laughs) yeah if it's a good time for you if you feel like you can fit it in um I think we need to go to the birth (laughs) so he gets up and he like I'm still acting fairly normal and so he gets up and he's like shaving and making eggs and like getting his life together and so uh, we're just hanging out and I'm like packing up all our fridge because I just think we're going to be there for like four years at the birth center. So I'm loading up all our stuff. And so it's like 2.15 and Cindy calls back. She's like, hey, are you guys on your way? I'm like, not yet. She's like, you need to come. You need to like get on your way. So um, so I told him, I was like, okay, babe, Cindy said to hurry up. So he's like, okay. So we get in the truck and um, he like so sweetly just prays over me and he um, he's just like, we're going to have our baby. And he's just so precious and excited. And so um, I just like leaned the front seat back. We have like a, a pickup truck at the time. So I leaned the front seat back so I could kind of be on my hands and knees. And I put in my little hypno babies, easy first stage track and um, just kind of like get in the, in the zone. And that was amazing. Like I was so dreading the drive. Cause you just hear people talk about, Oh, that's the worst part is driving somewhere. And I didn't, I mean, I didn't buckle up and sit in the seat like you're supposed to. So maybe that's part of why it was fine. But, um, I was just thinking it was like such a long drive. We have this super long bumpy dirt road. It's going to be miserable, but I didn't think about it at the time. It was just in pregnancy that I was dreading all of that, but it was, it was perfectly fine. And it was, I was like, this felt so fast. And Jonathan was like, it was, um, when else are you, can you drive fast except when your wife is yeah. in labor? So he hadn't gotten us there in like 30 minutes, something totally illegal. Oh, wow. 
So I was like, it wasn't that serious. Um, but so I was just like out of it. It was dark. It's middle of the night. So peaceful. We get there and um, the birth center was on the fourth floor of this hospital. So it was like a freestanding emergency room kind of hospital building. So it was upstairs um, in an office suite, but it looked like a house when you got in there. So it was one of those birth centers. It's like within a doctor's office, but didn't feel like it. Mm-hmm. Um, they had a couple of birthing rooms in there. So um, the emergency room was the entrance that's open at night. So you have to go in that way. Um, security realizes like, oh, okay, you're here for the birth center. So they whisk us in the elevator and they're taking us upstairs. And the security guard asked me a question and I went to answer her and I realized my mouth, like my voice sounds weird. And I realized I still had my mouth guard in from sleeping. <laughs> like, so I was like, I didn't even realize I still had this in. I wasn't like biting down, but it just felt good in my mouth. So I labored most of my labor like I was like sparring or something with a mouth guard. <laughs> so that was kind of funny to me looking back. I was like, I really thought I was like really hardcore athlete showing up to have a baby with a mouth guard. <laughs> I might hurt my teeth. So make sure I leave this in. Um, so that was kind of funny. So we get upstairs and Cindy welcomes us in and she had, um, she had asked me which room I wanted. And I was like, I don't care. Um, but she'd set up the one that I had kind of always subconsciously envisioned myself in. And she told me, she was like, I picked this one because the bed's lower. I thought it'd be easier for you to get in and out of because I'm tiny. So I was like, aw, that's so sweet. Thanks. So it was just cozy. She had like set the candles up. It was just like walking into this perfect little birthing suite. Mm-hmm. And um, so she's like, do you want me to start the tub? And I was like, well, let's see first. Like, I don't want to sit here and stare at the tub if I'm only three centimeters. I don't want to get in and stall things. So um, she's like, are you okay if I check you then? I said, yeah, let's see where I'm at. So um, she she had already started the tub. She was like, I think it takes a while to fill up. We're just going to start it. So I'm like, okay. So she checks me and um, she was like, yeah, you were right. I'd say five to six, but like stretchy. Do you mind if I sweep your membranes a little? So she, I was like, no. And so she's, oh, she's like, I'd say now, actually, you're definitely seven to eight, seven to eight centimeters. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Are you kidding me? I was never so shocked to hear anything in my life because it just seemed like everything was happening so easily. I was like, how is this, how it's going? And so John and I were just so excited and we just couldn't believe like how gracious God was being to us and that like we, we show up with like all our belongings, like we're moving into this birth center and then it turns out I'm eight centimeters. <clears throat> so I got to get in the tub right away. And um, so I just kind of like sat on my knees leaning over the side of the tub and um, that was perfect. I ended up staying there almost the whole labor until my legs fell asleep. And mm. then it got tricky because um, I started to have some back labor. And it was like I couldn't be in a spot where it was just like a hard garden tub, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I couldn't. I was like, if I could have circulation and sit here, this would be perfect. But it got to where like I, I was kind of miserable at a certain point. But so if we got there like four, three thirty or so. My doula got there like four. My sister got there four thirty. Everybody got there in time, and it was just like essential oil scented candle lit party. It was so fun, mm-hmm. and um, it was just beautiful. And so we're just having a, a good time. And then as it gets closer to pushing, I'm starting to feel nauseous, and it just feels like wow, there's a lot happening all of a sudden. Like there's all this pressure and 
the other part was more fun. <laughs> this part is feeling like it's actually going to be some work. Like the labor, just contractions could do that all day. But this part, I kind of want to get this over with. So um, I started hearing myself kind of pushing like involuntarily. And my little doula gets up and goes out. And like, I think she thinks I'm pushing too. So she goes and gets Cindy and comes back. And um, they're like, how's it going? And so they check me and everything was good to go. And I was ready to push. But I had, um, I, like, I, like I said, my legs were asleep. So mm-hmm. I couldn't get comfortable. I couldn't get where. So Jonathan had been giving me counter pressure, sitting behind me, like in the tub, um, pushing on my back the way I was leaning over the side of it. But if I tried to like get in any other position, he couldn't really reach me. And so also I was getting hot. So they were like, do you want to get out of the tub? I was like, not really, but kind of. So they ended up draining the tub and I stood up and was just like hanging on his, on Jonathan's neck. And he's kind of like supporting me under my arms. And my doula is like reaching around. She probably had to go to like weeks of chiropractic treatment. She's like reaching over the tub, pushing on my lower back and she was so helpful. Um, my sister was awesome just being encouraging and taking pictures for us. And, um, so it was still, everything was still going well, but I was very uncomfortable with the back labor part. So it got to where I was just kind of like squatting and pushing, hanging on to my husband. And, um, they were like, do you want to get in the bed? And I looked at the bed and I was like, absolutely not. That looks mm-hmm. horrific. Um, so I was just kind of like stuck and they were like, are you, do you, are you fine here? It's like, I don't want him to hit the tub. Like, I don't want to have him and have him hit the tub. And they're like, don't worry, we'll catch him. I was like, I don't want to tear. <laughs> and they were like, don't worry, we'll support you. So, um, once they relieved those two fears, I was like, okay, fine. Yeah, I'm fine here. And then that was the part where I did cuss a bit because it just felt like he was coming out of the wrong canal, you know, like, <laughs> all this pressure. And I was like, this, there's only one word that comes to mind because it just feels like this is what's happening. And I'm like, shitting. And so I was like, so Jonathan, after he's like, maybe next time you could try not cussing so much. And I was like, maybe next time you could have the baby. Um, Let's just see. We'll see what happens. (laughs) But um, no, that was, it was just like this overwhelming pressure um, Mm -hmm. of him coming down. That was like, there was no other words, but I felt like I needed to say something. So, mm-hmm. um, so it was really peaceful except for that part. <laughs> and then, um, I, my, so 11 minutes before I had him, I feel this like hot water balloon burst between my legs and it was so weird. And, um, and then I just could feel his head like descending down in my pelvis and I was like, Oh my word, this is insane. And it was mm-hmm. just so so cool just feeling him like I can feel this baby's body coming down and I was expecting the ring of fire but I never felt it with him um I think because I was just standing up and just going with my body I think I just pushed too fast maybe I didn't have time to feel it um but I was thinking even in that moment I was like I'm so glad nobody is telling me what to do right now I'm so glad nobody's trying to make me push in between contractions because it was just like throwing up in a downward motion. Like I had no control over what was happening, but still had like an active role in it. It was so like empowering and overwhelming and all of the things, this pushing experience. And I was just like in awe. But um, so as he's coming down, I could feel him. And then um, like Cindy's like, you're fine. You just do what you need to do. So 
Um, I felt his head kind of like coming down, like, like I said, no burning. All of a sudden his head pops out and then like his shoulders and wriggly fish body just like, and I was like, oh my God. And then the first thing I hear is my sister, you know, he's got red hair. And I was like, what? And then they hand me this greasy little Crisco dunked baby up through my legs. And he just has these wide open eyes and his arms are like stretched out. And he's just looking at me. And all I could say was, my baby, my baby. And it was just so neat, especially like not having been a mom before. Just this experience of, like, I didn't know what it would be like to have your first baby. And I'll... All I could say was, my baby, my baby. And then, oh my gosh, he does have red hair. <laughs> so my husband's blonde and then I have dark hair. So he was just this genetic anomaly, but um, <laughs> orange haired little Bernixy guy. And so it was just amazing. And we were like, oh my gosh. And I just look up at Jonathan and we were just like tears in our eyes. And we're like, he's here. He's how is he's here. And so it was just beautiful. It was absolutely incredible um, to become parents in such a peaceful way. That was just so, it just was such a loving, supportive time. And um, the sun was like just coming up. It was like 543. So 1144 is my first contraction. And then I think it was like 543 he was born. So it was wow. like six hours start to finish for this kid, mm -hmm. my first baby. I was like, like I have never. time. It was. It was not like whirlwind. It was not overwhelming. Um, it was just very efficient. <laughs> I was like, wow. wow. So yeah, the sun's coming in the windows and it was just like sunrise baby. The joy was just like exploding out of this room. So um, mm. it was beautiful. So yeah, they got us over to the bed and we just checked him out and he latched right away. And um, it was it was perfect. We just loved it. So, wow. And so then I'm assuming that made you want to have a baby immediately again. <laughs> it kind of like, did, except, except, um, I realized like pushing anyway, like I did tear. And so mm -hmm. I kind of like immediately, of course you feel amazing. And then the next day I'm like, I need a handicap decal for my car because <laughs> I am going to be like this forever. Like walking is not easy. So that was the only deterrent was like the recovery with him was um, definitely a little more. But as far as birth wise, I was like, we need to have 14 more kids. Like this was so fun. This was so cool. So but yeah, so then like they, they keep you for a few hours. And then um, I noticed or it was like when we were leaving, it was like almost 10. And I was like, oh, Chick-fil-A is still serving breakfast. And so we don't have a Chick-fil-A near us, but there's one like right by the birth center. <laughs> and so I had told Jonathan like months before, if we have a baby at night in the morning, I want a chicken biscuit. So we got a chicken biscuit on our way home. And I'm like, we're on our way home with our baby and a chicken biscuit. All of my birth dreams have come true. It was it all checked it was out, baby. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was a dream. So yeah, we oh. were so thankful for that. So that was our first baby. And um, so yeah, just incredible way to start out well what was that so, second one like so the second one so he was two years later um he so my first his name is august and he was seven pounds half an ounce 20 inches long so he was just perfect perfect little guy um so our second baby his name is everett who's also a boy um and he so yeah i was i was already a nurse at that point working nights um and so his pregnancy 
was like I was more nauseous with him than I was with August, but not anything too crazy. Um, like I did throw up with him, but nothing super crazy. Um, and then I was more tired, but I was also working nights. So I was like, I don't know which is the culprit, him or mm-hmm. the night shift. Um, and then I did, I was like more physically tired with him, but I had none of the pregnancy drama that I had with August, like no ultrasound issues. Um, I stayed with the same midwives. We had considered a home birth briefly, but, um, we were still in the fixer upper and I was like, still not, it was more upper than fixer, but it was still, it was still not, <laughs> still not quite right. <laughs> ideal. Yeah. So, um, we decided we'll just stay there and we had a great experience last time. Like kind of like if it ain't broke, don't fix it. We'll just mm-hmm. stay there and hopefully get the same outcome. Um, so yeah. So when I found out I was pregnant with him, so I felt like la- the first time I felt like I didn't get to tell Jonathan because he was like, I told you. Um, and so I was like, this time I want to like do a fun announcement for him. I want it to be a surprise, but because I was working nights and we had the baby, Jonathan was working, um, in the city at the time. So we would like basically pass each other. So it was like, I I found out at work that I was pregnant and it was like four days or something before I saw him to where I could tell him. Um, and so I was so mad at him because every time I would get home, he's like, I got a meeting, I got to go. I'm like, ah, I don't want to tell you while you're running out the door. So I had gotten August this little shirt that said Big Brother. And so finally he's home. I thought he was like ready in his room. So I put August's little shirt on. I'm like, go see daddy. And so I'm videoing it. And um, he goes in there and John's like, hey, bud. And then he's like, Big Brother. And I come around the corner right then. He's like, yes. And he's like jumping up and down. I'm so excited. The sweetest video, except he was in his underwear. So I could never share the video. <laughs> I was like, I didn't okay. know you were dressed. <laughs> That is exactly what happened with my husband. Really? Like, oh my god! I, we had, we, I had Janie in a shirt that said "Big Sister," and had her run show her dad, and he walks out in his boxers. I'm like, wow. Yeah, yeah like, well, this is the fun we'll memory for me to have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that was just funny to me. I'm like, okay, it wasn't meant to be, but it's fine. I got it. Um. So yeah, so that's how that started. But yeah, his pregnancy was really pretty great. Um, I did have some like pubic symphysis pain with him and like just more physical ailments, but I started chiropractic care with him and I felt like that helped, um, helped a lot. And I also discovered spinning babies with him earlier on. And so they're like their daily yoga kind of routine things. And so I did that with him and I felt like that saved my, my joints and my hips, um, that pregnancy. But other than that, like his I don't remember anything else exciting with his pregnancy. It was just, it was pretty chill um, until I got to 35 weeks. Um, I was, yeah, probably 35 weeks pregnant and I started having some pretty serious um, like Braxton Hicks, but borderline regular contractions um, when I was up walking around. And so I was busy like working as a a nurse. And so I'd be up running around all night and um I really didn't want to not be able to deliver at the birth center. So Jonathan put me on bed rest. He was like, you are staying home because you're not going to have this baby early. And so I just basically sat on the couch for like, I think his was only like a week. Um, Like I think it took off like that 36th week. And then um, it was, I was 36 and six. The next day I was scheduled to go back to work. And so I um, was like, I only have to make it through half the shift and then I'll be 37 weeks. And if I go into labor, it's fine. <laughs> so that's what I did. I went to work. It was New Year's Day, like the night of New Year's Day. And um, 
so it was a pretty good night. I was contracting, but then um, the, so like the next morning I had a midwife appointment at nine too. So normally I would go like sleep in my car for an hour or something and then go in. Um, and so that was the plan, but I just couldn't get comfortable until I was awake. Like I never slept after that night shift. Um, so I just, it was, it was a little, a little rough, but also I think it was, I was fine. Like I was not as tired as I normally would have been. I think it was like all the adrenaline. So I, um, was contracting. I went in and I was like, can you check me? Because this isn't going on, blah, blah, blah. And so she's like, sure. And it was Cindy again. Um, and she was like, I'm on call as the birth assistant tonight. But if you like, if you go into labor and you want me to come in, I would just come in early. And I was like, please, yes, please do. So it was like perfect just knowing she was technically on call that day. So, mm-hmm. um, so she checked me and I was like four to five centimeters. And um, I think I was fully effaced. I'm pretty sure. Uh, so I was, she was like, you're definitely, she's like, I bet you're going to have a baby today. So go home, sleep, take a nap, like eat, take a shower, do whatever you need to do. And then we'll check back in later. I was like, okay. So I told Jonathan and he was already at work. And so he was like, okay, I'll just come home early afternoon. So we're still living way out on our little farm at that point. And so, um, I was like, I don't want to go all the way home because we were so far from everything. So I just went to my in-laws um, and I like took a shower there and slept in or tried to sleep in their guest bed. And my sister-in-law had our baby. So I just, I didn't have any responsibilities that day. I was just supposed to sleep. And so I got there and they were coming like every, the contractions were coming like every two minutes in the shower. I was like, this is not, this feels like something is happening and I don't really want to fall asleep and wake up to being like too far in labor because um, I have a very hard sleeper. And so looking back, it's kind of funny because it seems like an irrational fear, but I was like, what if I wake up with a baby in the bed? Like I could do that (laughs) potentially. (laughs) So um, also like his pregnancy, I was just, the other reason we had considered a home birth this time was because I was like, the last labor, my first baby was six hours. And technically, like a lot of times, your second baby ends up being faster. So I was worried I was going to have like a van baby, like a car baby. And um, so being that we lived far, all this stuff. So it was a big stress to me. Also, I was GBS positive. And so I did want the antibiotics. Um, and so they gave me the option and I, I had wanted them. And so I wanted to have enough time. I wanted everybody to make it there. I didn't want a baby in the car. And then I'm like, am I in labor? Am I not? Because it was the start-stop thing kind of prodromally for the last week. So it was just kind of stressful to know, when do you go? When do you call anybody? Which is the, the, the labor game perpetually, right? Like every baby, I feel like, is that way. Like when is it real? Um, until it's too late. <laughs> and then you know it's real. But I um, – so I had called – Anyway, so I called Jonathan. I was like, they're coming every two to three minutes. I'm going to try to take a nap, but can you just come home? And so he did. So um, I just couldn't sleep. So we ended up going back to the birth center at like, we left at like 3 p.m. So there was like sun beating down in the truck and there was traffic everywhere. And I looked and I told him, first, we are not having another baby anywhere but home. And second, I'm never having a baby during the day again. Like, I'm not doing it. <laughs> like, I had some kind of no. say in the matter. But um, so we get there, and it's, like, normal business hours for the birth center. So 
they, we get in and they're like, um, just wait just a minute. We're prepping the birth room for you. Just wait here in the lobby. I'm like, okay. And there's all these couples. I'd never seen it so crowded, of course, as when I was in labor and they're all chatting it up about like the best travel system and you know, you really need this one. And I'm like, these are the rudest people I've ever seen in my life. Don't they know I'm in labor? And they, all they're sitting here doing is talking about car seats. And I'm trying to crank up my my iPod. And I just had the worst attitude. Um, so I'm trying to crank up my iPod to just hear my baby stuff. And by the time we get back in the room, I just burst into tears like a baby. I was like, I just don't even know why I'm crying. And um, Jonathan was like it's okay he's like closing the blinds trying to make it chill in the in the birthing room and I was like I we're gonna like make everybody come in and then everybody's gonna have to go home and I just feel like it's not going the way I thought it was gonna go I thought it was gonna be fast I was gonna be just like last time and now it seems like like it's just not going according to what I had envisioned and so that was like the biggest lesson from this birth to the last birth for me was like once you have something to compare it to, it's so hard not to compare. Even though you know, yeah. like, every baby's different, it's so hard not to compare it to what you know. Um, and so I just had kind of all these expectations. I was pretty physically exhausted and um, just kind of – I, I almost wonder if I was, like, kind of in transition then. Um, but they – so she came in, started my antibiotics. I think I was six centimeters then when she checked me. And so, um, we called like my sister made it, my doula made it in time. She was leaving for vacation like the next day. So it was perfect that she, um, uh, she came in and then my husband's cousin also came who was in med school at the time. And she was, um, uh, had done all her birth rotations at the hospital that I work at. And I was like, no, you got to see a, a normal birth. <laughs> come, come see a normal birth. Um, I know what she saw there and it's not normal. So, um, they, so she came and, um, so everybody made it and then it, it was winter time. So thankfully it got dark early and I felt like once it got dark, I'm like, okay, I can have a baby now. Um, so, but just also mentally, I had a lot to, I just feel like, like I mentioned before my attitude, I just realized looking back, like I just had a, a bad attitude and I really needed to work through that and just like have a kind of come to Jesus meeting and realize like, I need to trust the Lord. Like this is not going the way I thought it would, but it doesn't mean it's not going well. And also, um, I'm not in charge of this and I just need to like basically do whatever the Lord is giving me to do right now. And clearly that's just work through contractions. And so, um, and just not worry about like, is everybody going to be mad at me because it's taking too long because they're expecting it to go fast because the last time was fast. And, um, so that was helpful once I kind of worked through my, my thoughts on that. And then, um, so I got in the tub with him when I was like eight centimeters and my labor just fizzled out. And I was like, I don't want to do this any longer than I have to. So I got out of the tub. Um, and this labor was so different than the other because I just felt like I had to be so active. Like I had to, like I lunged, I squatted. My doula brought out the rebozo, which like people don't know, it's that woven Mexican scarf. And she did some like sifting of my belly and helped reposition him. And I really noticed a big difference in my contractions after she did that. Um, so I felt like that was super helpful. Um, but I just was so like active where the other the first kid, I just like sat there and then stood up and had a baby. <laughs> and then this one, I felt like I had to really do all this work. Um, 
so that was kind of, uh, it was just felt like what needed to be done. And so I don't know if I was kind of trying to rush it, like I said, or if just kind of intuitively, maybe his position, like he needed to move more. Um, but so finally, let's see, it was like, um, they checked me around 10, 10 PM. So we got there at four. So it's been six hours at this point. Um, so really it was not much longer than my first birth in terms of time we were at the birth center, but my actual labor was longer. Um, so it was 10 and she was like, you're nine centimeters, but definitely stretchy. Like, I feel like if you want to push, I could just hold your cervix out of the way and you should be able to have him. And so I was like, I really don't want to bust up my cervix. So I don't want to get like a swollen lip and be here for three days. So, um, if you think it can move, we'll try it. But, um, it was also like, he was just the pressure of him coming down was, I felt like a wild animal of like trying to get comfortable. Like, uh, I need to like pushing felt good, but it also, I did not have at this point, I did not have that fetal ejection reflex. Like I had with August where it was just so like otherworldly. This was like, I had to do it. And I was like, this is hard. This is hard to push a baby when your body's not helping you. But at the same time, it felt like I needed to push him out. So it was a weird, a weird time. Um, so like I said, I was squatting, lunging, and then they, those sweet midwives, Cindy and Sharon was the other one. They let me push all over the place. I was like standing on the bed, sitting on the bed, kneeling, hands and knees, like hanging on my husband. And I finally, I, like they, they were like, ah, one of them was like, we have a cub chair, which I don't know if you've ever seen one of those, but uh-huh. it's a comfortable upright birthing chair is what they're called. And it's basically an inflatable birth stool. And so they went and got that. And brought that in. And that was, that ended up being like the perfect sweet spot. So finally get set up on that. And I was able to like sit in a supported squat, which is what I felt like I needed to do. But um, I didn't have to use all my strength to hold myself up. So it was perfect. Um, And also like talk about incentive for slow pushing. You can see what's happening. Like you can look down and see mm. your perineum. And so I was like, oh gosh, do not bust this baby out like the last one. And, and so I definitely pushed much slower because I could see what was happening. Um, but I remember looking at the door at one point and like, I got to go. I got to leave this place and I got to get out of here because this sucks. Um, and that was like my second come to Jesus meeting of realizing like, no, this is the only way out is to push him out. And like, God has promised to give me grace for whatever I have to do. And so this is what I have to do right now. Just take it one at a time and just obey, basically. Just do what you got to do. This is clearly the only option you have. So just do it. And so, um, so once I kind of realized I can't leave here without (laughs) taking the baby with me in the same horrible position, Uh, I kind of got down to business and was able to push. And this part was fascinating because the way I was sitting on it, you could see him doing like all those cardinal movements, like Mm -hmm. twisting and spinning. And um, so my husband's sitting in front of me and Cindy's like sitting in front of me, supporting my perineum. And like I said, you could see it stretching. So the video of him, his birth, um, he was crowning for like six minutes because I could just see it all happening. And I was like, do not tear your urethra <laughs> so nobody he, moved. I, nobody moved breathe very carefully 
pant him out. And so I didn't, um, so John, like Cindy at like the last second asked John, she's like, do you want to catch him? And he just was like, sure. So he just jumped in, didn't hesitate, caught him and just handed me this slippery little guy who was like, he came out screaming and, but he was so blue, but he was screaming and nice in tone. And he just hands me our baby with tears in his eyes. And I was like, oh my gosh, he's here. And it was perfect. But this kid, he got beat up on the way out. He was so bruised. So he looked like for a second where you're like, are you breathing? But he's screaming his head off. But he just had like completely worst bruising I've ever seen on a newborn. And I've seen thousands of newborns at this point in my life. <laughs> and so, but he had like hemorrhages in his eyes. He had like his nose was crooked. His ear was smushed down. Like his head was all misshapen so I think all the movement he was in there funky but then he got like the pinball treatment or something coming out Mm -hmm. and he he, we say he won most improved face of the year um (laughs) because he really became a very cute baby but at the time we were like we love you (laughs) we love you not that we're not gonna say anything else yet (laughs) (laughs) so but yeah so that it was Again, it was beautiful. It was perfect. Um, but I just had attitude problems that I had to work through to get in there. And um, so that kind of set me up for my my last baby where I was like, I will not have a bad attitude. No matter what happens, I need to just like, it's going to go the way it's going to go. And it will either go better or worse depending on my attitude. So, um, wow. So that was helpful. But so he was six pounds, 10 ounces, 19 inches long. So he was almost the same size as my first baby three weeks or two weeks, two and a half weeks earlier or something like that. Um, So it was like my body just kind of said, ding, timer, done. This one's cooked too. Um, But yeah, so he was great. And then his postpartum, oh my word, his postpartum was perfect because I didn't tear with him. Like I was mentioning leading up to that, um, all the slow breathing the baby out paid off so well. Tell your friends, breathe your babies out. Um, It was like night and day. I was like, I cannot believe that you can have a baby and not feel like incapacitated the next day. Like you could feel like you never had a baby. It was incredible. Uh, The only thing with him was I did not have afterbirth cramps with August and this time with second baby. They were so serious. I was like, wow, I get why all these moms are asking for serious pain medication in the hospital because this was intense. Mm-hmm. So I tried like the after ease and Motrin, but really my BFF was just my rice sock, like heating up a rice sock in the microwave. And that was, that was the ticket for me. And then on his newborn exam, they noticed that he had a pretty serious tongue tie. So we actually went the next day and had his tongue tie revised. Um, and that was like, I had zero issues breastfeeding him with August. I had had kind of recurrent clogged ducts and mastitis. Um, uh, and nobody ever, like I had people look and nobody ever thought he really did, but I kind of wonder now looking back if he did have right. maybe like a lip tie or some cheek, something. Cause, um, if ever it was like night and day breastfeeding experience so much better. Um, wow. yeah, so his was great. Um, the only, so we moved like two weeks after we had him too. So his postpartum was a little stressful just because of that. But, um, I've, I ended up feeling trapped one day. I was like, I'm never going to leave the house again with these two babies. And um, I realized I have keys. Like I can wait a I have a car. <laughs> wait a minute. And so like his 
again, with my attitude, I feel like I learned so much with Everett, but um, realizing like the importance of just reminding yourself what's true in pregnancy, mm-hmm. in birth, in postpartum, especially um, like, it's not true that you're never going to leave the house again. It might be trickier right now. Um, but also I have a car, I have keys, I can leave. It might not be fun, but I could leave. I don't have to, right. you know, I'm not actually trapped here. So mm-hmm. that helps with all that. Um, but yeah, other than that, like everything, that was really the only kind of postpartum emotional struggle I had with him. And it was short lived, thankfully, because I found my keys. So <laughs> um, I was golden. Yeah. Might not it, even have to use them, just knowing they're there. Just knowing, <laughs> yeah, knowing you're not trapped, knowing you will leave the house again. Um, but yeah, so he was perfect. We called him the trap. Like he was just a trap that made you want to have 40 more babies. Um, we thought oh. August was a good baby, but looking back, he was not. He was a terrible baby. <laughs> After we had Everett, we were like, wow. Good thing. I think the was... first baby gets a lot more leeway because you don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's like that, that's perfect. how it was with ours. Yeah. He's, he was like the, he's, he was the hardest baby that we've had, but we had no idea. So it was fine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. It's honestly, it's best that way. I, that's, that's how it was with mine too. My first and second, I thought my first was like the easiest baby. Like, no, she was very high maintenance. Like, yeah. Very. Yeah. Like never wanted no to idea. sleep in his own bed till he was like three years old. Um, <laughs> all that ever. He was born, like put me, like he would nurse and then he'd like stretch out and push you like get me in my own bed like push you off it's like oh okay and then he would sleep like three hours at a time from day one just always on a schedule his own little schedule I was like oh man you are so easy so yeah we called him he was so cute we love him but um yeah so he was he was just such a gift so yeah we we loved his birth too um but yes so So, so you got trapped and then yes. <laughs> you became pregnant with your third. So what was that like? Yes. So again, two years later, um, so they're all almost exactly two years apart. Um, we got pregnant again and we were trying with her for a couple of months. I, so with Everett, we were trying longer, but I had not weaned him. And so mm-hmm. my cycle was not regular. Um, with her, right. um, I had weaned her already. And so it was several months after I weaned her that we got pregnant, but we'd been trying. And so... Um, I called Jonathan in the bathroom all excited. It was like, not going to try the t-shirt thing again. I was just going to show him the pregnancy test. And so I was like, come here. And so he comes in there and he sees it and he goes, oh, makes sense. <laughs> I was like, you're so, you're so romantic. You're so. <laughs> checks out. But yeah. He's like, it makes sense. Um, but no, we were thrilled. We were all super thrilled and thankful. And so, um, but pretty soon after we found out about her, we realized this is probably a different kind of baby because I was like from six weeks to 17 weeks, I got the full blown nausea vomiting experience. Like oh boy. it was just like the boys I had nausea didn't feel good. Occasionally threw up, but this was like, can't hold water, just dry heaving all the time. Um, just no notice kind of purging vomiting. Like I'd be driving and all of a sudden, it hit me and I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is dangerous. Um, so that was till 17 weeks. So when we, um, had our anatomy scan at 20 weeks, we were not shocked one bit to find out that it was a girl. Um, so we were excited. We, we were kind of hoping for another boy just cause that's what we knew. And we loved having our boys. Um, but then obviously we're thrilled when we find out it was a girl. Um, so this was 2020. So it was like, I think, 
So she was born in November of 2020. So early that year, it was full-blown COVID panic time. I was working in the hospital um, as a nurse. It was just, yeah, it was a weird time. But there were so many good things in that year too. Uh, So my husband started working from home. And so he was like, it was such a gift that that time that he would start working from home because I was so debilitatedly like puking all the time. And so if I was not puking, I was sleeping for felt like months. And so um, he was able to be there as at least another, even if he was busy in the office, at least a physical adult presence for other kids. And so I wouldn't, I don't know what I would have done if he was not working from home. Um, So that was a huge blessing. And then also I felt like it was just really sweet that I didn't have to miss out on anything. Nobody was doing anything. So it was like that super lockdown time. So I was just sitting home puking and sleeping, but everybody else was at home not doing anything either. So I wasn't missing out. (laughs) And our dog had puppies um, during that time. So we just had, we just stayed home and played with puppies. And I puked in the yard while we were outside playing with puppies. So it Mm -hmm. was, it was really like not as, it was a rough time, but it was also a really sweet time. Um, so, but yeah, we found out in um, the summer that she was a girl. At this point, though, we had to find a different care provider because that birth center that we had used before closed. The um, <clears throat> Because it was part of the hospital system, they had some people, like new administration come in and they decided they were just going to close it. And so they did that, that to ours too. Really? Ugh, I was so mm-hmm. mad. I was so, so disappointed. Um, so then of course, during COVID time, I'm working in, uh, like m- women's services there. I'm seeing all the stupid stuff we're doing. Like all of the policies were fear-based at that point, essentially, because we didn't know COVID was new. Um, nobody knew how it was going to affect babies, moms, all of this stuff. So when it hit, they just basically said, you can have your husband or partner, whoever at your birth. Um, but then after you have a baby, they have to leave. And then you're by yourself for the rest of time. Like, how does that make any sense? If they could Mm -hmm. be there. And then if they tested positive, even if they were asymptomatic, we were taking babies away from them. And then three days later, when they get discharged, their babies are going home with them. So I'm like, why did we keep their baby away from them? So that all of it was like, none of this makes sense, but also nobody knew what to do. So kind of at that point, it was just, it was just a hot mess. So getting pregnant around that time, I was like this, the birth center is closed. I do not want to experience my first hospital birth during all of this madness. Even though once I was due, things were open, it was like fall time. And they're like, we're not sure how policies were changing still all the time because they just weren't sure if they're going to lock down again, blah, blah, blah. So I knew there was no way I was going to do a hospital birth. There was a couple other birth centers in town, but I wasn't really too thrilled about them. And so home birth was looking like this might be our shot for a home birth. Like I've always wanted this. Um, we still lived really rurally, but we had moved and um, we were building our house that we're in now. So I was like, maybe we'll be done with our house by then. And that would be amazing. And so um, we were living in my husband's grandparents' house. They had passed away and their house was vacant and we were able to live there while we were building. It was a tremendous blessing. So we were living there. I was not excited about having home birth there because it was, we had all this furniture crammed in this little house. It was not feeling very homey. So I was like, if we do a home birth, hopefully we'll just be in the new house. And so um, I won't have to worry about like a not ideal home birth setting again. We'll just be in the new house. Everything will be great. And so 
we're kind of looking into home birth, but I wanted to make sure like our anatomy scan was good and our, uh, that I didn't have gestational diabetes because of the other things. So I checked my, like I monitored my sugar throughout pregnancy at home. And then they did a hemoglobin A1C, which is the same thing they did at Everett's pregnancy. Everything was fine. Um, and then I ended up doing a, uh, home birth glucose challenge, like the breakfast one. And that was perfect too. So I felt like, okay, we've checked off all of like the high risk things that I could think of. Um, we, we just prayed a lot. We discussed a lot and we stalled a lot trying to decide on the home birth because really, because we were far, that was the main thing. And, um, I had found your podcast at that point. And so I was listening, I was like searching for the rural ones. <laughs> I was like, where are the people <laughs> who live far away and said like their birth was fine? Um, so I, you thankfully had quite a few. And so I listened to those and I was like, okay. So we interviewed a home birth midwife um, and they like, they just kind of answered all our questions and we're like, okay, well, we'll just pray that if something's going to go wrong, that we have enough time to transfer. And if not, that um, everything will just go right. <laughs> and so uh, really though, it was so funny because I feel like most of the, concerns that I had were fearing what other people were going to think. And I think that's really common for oh yeah, home birth. Like, you know, like I work in a very um, high risk setting where basically nobody that's having a baby is healthy. Um, they're on a lot of medications. They're like very um, severely like preeclamptic, those kind of things. So their babies have like, we do a lot of baby resuscitating. We also have a lot of moms on magnesium. We have a lot of moms who do illicit drugs. We have a lot of moms who are just very, very unhealthy. And so people that I work with are used to like anything can happen at a birth, but also there's almost never somebody who has not been on Pitocin for days. There's almost never somebody who has a normal labor pattern. So these babies are, have been through a lot by the time they're born. So we do resuscitate babies quite a bit. However, it's not a normal birth. And so right. having to I just didn't want to really explain that to all these people. <laughs> you know, I'm like, if once I tell my coworkers, what are they going to think? And it was so funny because once we had decided to have a home birth, somebody at work asked me, I just hadn't told anybody because I just didn't want to get into it. Um, but I feel like COVID had really kind of opened the door for people to be more understanding um, of home birth. And then also one day somebody was like, are you having another home birth this time? And I was like, Yeah. And I realized they all thought I already had home births. So all that worry <laughs> was for nothing. Um, so she said, yeah. And that was it. Um, and then, of course, we were worried about, like, my family was very understanding. I was a little more worried about my husband's family. My family's a little more crunchy, probably. Um, but, like, my some of my sister-in-law had already had home birth, at least one. And so my family was more used to it. But um, my husband's family, they, I think they were nervous, but they're very loving and very accepting. And so if they had major concerns, they did not share them. And yep. so I was. <laughs> oh, that's golden <laughs> baby. Yeah. So they, um, I think they were nervous, but they were, they were fine. Um, so yeah, so we, we decided to switch to home birth and, oh man, I'm so glad we did. It was just like just instantly. So I had done like my initial prenatal care at this OB practice that my midwife that I loved had gone to. And they were supposed to be opening a birth center, but it became very clear that with COVID, it was not going to open in time. And so I was like, I I'm gonna have to go. But 
the um, I had never been treated like this before. They were a very natural OB practice. Like they're known for their VBAC rates. They're known for um, positive birth experiences in our city, but it was still a doctor's office. Like I'd never had to go in an office before and take my pants off and sit with a napkin on and wait for 30 minutes for somebody to come in for five. And I was like, do you guys know about the midwifery model of care? Have you heard of it? <laughs> because this is not it. Um, this is, and like every time I would go, I'd get like double charged. And I was like, all you want is my money. And this is just so impersonal. And like they were trying, but they just couldn't figure it out. I was like, this is not it. So it was very easy at that point, like at that point in my pregnancy to be like, no, we're switching. And Angie, the home birth midwife that we found was wonderful. Um, so she came to the house for all my appointments and the boys got to be involved. And um, it was just, it was just magical. It was so perfect, especially during COVID. Um, everything being like, you had to go to everything by yourself. Um, it was so, such a stark contrast to be able to, mm -hmm have your family around and be in your own home and all of that. So of course, all of the accolades that home birth always gets, it's just amazing. So, um, so yeah, so then at, let's see. So my prayers for that birth had been my attitude. I wanted to have a baby at night. Like I mentioned before, I was hoping the boys would be asleep. Um, so I wouldn't have to take them anywhere and I wanted to make it to full term. I wanted everybody to make it in time. And of course, especially being at home and being, like a good 40 minutes from a hospital, healthy baby, no complications. So those were like my mm -hmm. prayers the whole time. And then I was also very anxious about getting in the new house. Again, I, at some point we realized there is no way we're going to be in the house in time. So I just need to envision this birth in this not ideal home, but just envision it here and just know we can have a good birth here. And so, mm -hmm. um, it doesn't have to be Pinteresty. It can be you can have 90s yeah. wallpaper and still have a good birth. And, um, and we did, it was, it was fantastic. So that was, so 35 weeks again, I started having, um, so yeah, 17 to 34 weeks. It was my easiest, dreamiest pregnancy. Everything was great. It really wasn't even in pain, like joint wise, just beautiful. Just a really great time after I quit puking my guts out. Um, and then, uh, so 35 weeks, I started to have that super irritable uterus again and um, almost like constant contractions when I'm moving around. But then I would have these like episodes of labor at night where it'd be like two to three hours where they're coming in a consistent pattern. I remember one night being particularly perturbed because I was about to call out of work because I had to go to work the next morning, but I fell asleep. And when I woke up, it was already like five in the morning. And I was going to have to leave. It's too late to call out. And I had no more contractions. And I was so annoyed because I was like, not only do I not get to call out of work, but I have no reason to call out. And so I was just <laughs> really sad. Um, so, yes, yeah, so that was like 37 weeks-ish when the actual labor pattern started. But 30, yeah, 35, I was having a ton. And so I kind of did the bed rest thing again. Um, with Everett, the day I came off bed rest, I had him. So this time I was expecting, again, you compare it to what you know, I was expecting it to be the same thing. Um, so I jump up at 37 weeks and I start vacuuming my house and doing things with the boys and everything went away. Like all, all of the contractions were gone. It was so bizarre. And so I was like, okay, well, 
The Lord knows when she's going to be born. I don't, but he knows her birthday and it will be better than when I wanted her birthday to be. And I'm trying to just remind myself again of what's true so that I don't end up with the worst attitude (laughs) 2.0. So, um, so, and the Lord was so gracious to me in like allowing me to have a heart change because Lord knows I wanted to just pout of like, this is, this is not how it went last time. Last time was so much more like straightforward. Now I don't even remember how people go into labor. So how do you know you're going to have a baby? I don't even know. And so, um, it was like third, finally after all that 38, um, I think it was like 38 and two when I, so I woke up on, it was like Monday morning. I had a grocery pickup to get, I was kind of annoyed that I didn't have the baby on the weekend, but I was like, okay, well, I've got too much to do today to worry about it. Um, so I had to go get some groceries. And I noticed like sitting up in the driver's seat, I was having some contractions, but I wasn't sure if it was just like position, like just being uncomfortable mm-hmm. sitting up too high. Like, I don't know if it's like the baby moving that's hurting or if this is like actual contraction. So we get back home. I like start the crock pot, get everything. I'm just like busy around the house. And I noticed them actually having some um, contractions, but it was funny because on the way to the grocery store, I was listening to some some of the podcasts I think it was probably happy home birth podcast because I was like how do you know like I said how do you know you're in labor I just wanted to hear how people's labor started because I literally Mm -hmm. could not remember if your water doesn't break how do you know you're in labor I don't even remember so but like the best news that I say about her birth her birth taught me the best news is you can wake up feeling completely normal and still have a baby that day and that was so encouraging to me (laughs) like you don't have to wake up feeling like something extraordinary is going to happen that day and you can mm-hmm. still have your baby. Um, you will have your baby whenever that baby's meant to be born. And there's nothing you can do about it. So just try to enjoy your life until then. <laughs> so, um, so we, yeah, so I got back home and then I noticed I was starting to have some pretty regular contractions. So, um, and I was just so thankful, like so thankful that they were coming. I, every time I would have one, I'd be like, thank you, Lord. Please let them keep coming. Like, thank you that maybe I'm going to have this baby. And, um, so it was probably, it was like five 30. I went in to Johnny's office cause he's still working at home at this point. And, um, I was like, Hey, are you going to be done soon? And he's like, no, I don't think so. I still have quite a bit to do. I was like, okay, well, I think I'm in labor. He's like, I could be done. So, so he got up and he, um, he came out and he like fed the boys for me and just, got things together. And so I could kind of just chill and I had like mount laundry on the couch. So I just sat on my birth ball and just folded laundry and I vacuumed and, um, he like, they just kept coming and I was like, okay. And, but the difference I feel like that was so amazing was not having to pack up anything, not having to leave, Mm -hmm. not having to figure out your timing of like, I have to leave now in order to be somewhere that's safe in time. I just had to call people in time. So it's, even though it's still a decision, to make, it was not anything as stressful as having to leave, especially right. having to get the kids somewhere. So it was the evening. So Jonathan like got the boys ready for bed. And I felt like as soon as the boys were in bed, um, I just could relax and things just picked up. And so I had already texted my sister. She got there probably like 10 at night again from Savannah. So this is the third time she's made it and she's taken the best pictures of all my births. She's just the best gift. Um, to have such sweet memories of that. Um, and so I kind of given my midwife and doula a heads up, but I hadn't called them to come yet because I was still fine. Um, so 
10, like 10 or so she's there and we're just hanging out laughing, but they're starting to get a little more serious. Um, but she's showing me like animal voiceover YouTube videos and we're like peeing our pants laughing at these stupid goats talking about things. And so it was just fun. We just had a good time. Jonathan's like inflating the birth pool and boiling water on the stove for the tub. And he's just being like, like he's had 12 home births and knows exactly what to do. And I just get to relax and it was just so perfect. Um, but in this house, like the, our bedroom was kind of like really far down from the kitchen. It was like almost like this long galley hallway. And so it's dark if you don't have the lights on. And so I had gone back there to go to the bathroom and I knew my labor was shifting when I got like trapped in the bedroom. Like I was having a contraction and I could see him, but he couldn't see me. And I was like mad at him, willing him to come so I could like hang on him, but he didn't know I needed him and I couldn't talk. And I was like, okay, I think this is real now. Um, I think I will call everybody to come. <laughs> so I believe I, I will. <laughs> I believe I will do it because I, yeah, that one was a di- just a different kind. And so I texted my midwife got there probably like 1130 or so. And then my doula got there like 12 and which was perfect timing. Um, so I, at this, this, I was like, this is my third baby. I was a doula. I know the value importance of doulas, but I've had two pretty easy births. Um, and I thought about not having a doula this birth. And all I can say is I'm so glad I just decided to keep her coming because she, um, she's like very well-versed in hypno babies too. And so when, like, I would think I was relaxing, but she came just in time when it was like finally, finally like the hard work of labor. I say her birth was my longest. It was like eight hours start to finish of like actual contractions, but really only two hours of hard work. Um, So it was my easiest, even though it wasn't my shortest altogether, it was my easiest. And I really think it was because I was at home. Um, But she, so when Vonda got there, like I would think I was relaxing, but then she would just like say something or be like, relax your face. And I could relax so much more. Mm -hmm. And it was just amazing. Cause I was like, I thought I was relaxing, but I really was holding tension somewhere or Um, like she'd be like, okay, just breathe it away. Just let it come. And so just her little prompts were perfect. And I was like, oh man. So that right when like a big contraction starts to come, you're tempted with you're faced with like this decision. I can either tense up or I can relax. And it's always this kind of when they're that big and that much force and that intense, you're like, I don't really want to do this. And so you have this initial reaction of kind of panic but it's like night and day whether you choose to relax through it or be tense through it it's Mm -hmm. like instantly manageable if you relax at least in my experience and so having somebody there just to remind me to relax was so so good and I was so thankful I was like ah I'm so glad you're here um so she came just in time Jonathan's always been my physical support just emotional support too and then Vonda has been my hypno babies and position changer and all that and then my sister is my photographer and just so much fun and then um our midwives are there for all the clinical stuff so I feel like it's been the perfect team and I've gotten to have that three times and hopefully hopefully they'll make it the fourth time too um that's the plan the same plan so the um so anyway it's like 11 30 or so the midwife gets there and I believe I was like eight centimeters or so, which I was like, that's perfect because I felt like I hadn't really done much work. Yeah. It was like seven, eight centimeters. Um, and so I felt like it wasn't even that intense yet. And so I was like, that seems awesome. Like very, very, uh, 
still felt very efficient to be eight centimeters with not that much work. And mm-hmm. so um, then at that point, though, like I started to feel some back labor, but thankfully I know a guy who's really good at <laughs> counter pressure. So, um, so yeah, so he was great with that. And then Vonda would help too. But the, in the birth pool, oh my word. So we had it set up in the living room. We had a small, li- smallish living room. But um, so we had set it up in the middle and the ceiling fan was right above it. So all of my hot problems were solved because they cranked down the AC. They cranked up the fan. All of my people were like bundled in blankets, but I felt great. And so the water was perfect. And then this one, it was the, I think it's called, it was the Oasis pool. Mm -hmm. So it's like an inflatable, um, pretty small. It's like five foot in diameter, um, inflatable pool. And it felt like an air mattress filled with water. So my legs never fell asleep. My like. Uh, my midwife too, my home birth midwife, she was like, labor stall when you get in the water. You just have to wait. Because I told her about the last time. She's like, all you have to do is wait. Like, it'll come back if it's real. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, that seems reasonable. <laughs> Wish I would have known that before. Um, my last wild animal birth, I ran around the room for <laughs> a couple hours um, trying to get comfortable. So the anyway, that's what happened. It, start, it started to fizzle out a little bit. She's like, that's fine. Remember, we talked about that. And I was like, oh, yeah, okay. So we just kind of hung out for a little bit and then they came back. It's like, she was right. And um, it was fascinating. Um, so yeah, I never got hot. The birth pool was amazing. It was just like a dream. So, and then there was enough room to kind of move and change positions within that. Like there was not in the tub. So if you're having a home birth and not sure if you should get the pool and your tub, the answer is yes. Do the pool mm-hmm. because the tub is not the same. It is a different thing. No. Yep. Um, it is definitely next level comfort in the pool. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so the, the back labor kicked in, but they helped me through that. Um, and then, yeah, her position had been like ROA in spite of all of my attempts to get her to move. And so I kind of was expecting to have some back labor, but she just didn't want to. So that was fine. Um, so fine. <laughs> she still came out, but, um, so yeah, without the counter pressure, it was like 43 times harder. So Jonathan stayed really close by to me Um, with him. It was completely manageable, but without it, I was like, help, help me. (laughs) So he, um, finally I had to pee. I knew I had to pee and they were like, just pee in the pool. I was like, I just can't, I just can't do it. I don't, I don't know if it was mental or physical, like just not the right position, but it's like, I can't do it. But I had gone to the bathroom before and it was a terrible experience because you know, Mm. toilet contractions, good for having babies, not good for feeling good. So comfort. (laughs) Yeah. For comfort, zero out of 10 stars. So we, um, we were like, okay, we're going to, they were like, you probably need to pee to make room for baby to come out, blah, blah, blah. I was like, I know, I know. So I was just kind of working up my courage to go. And so finally they were like, okay, after this one, we're going to make a break for it, run to the kid's bathroom, which was closer. Um, and John was going to come with me. I was like, okay, so finish that contraction, jump and like try to run as fast as you can in labor to go to the bathroom. And I was just like dreading it and it ended up being like the sweetest moment in this whole labor because it's finally, it's just me and Jonathan in the bathroom. And um, it was kind of, even though it's very like, we just have a great time in labor. Like he's just very intuitive and very connected. And it was just, like praying over me and like reciting scripture over me and just being so like doula-ish to me is different when you're in a group of other people too. Um, So it was just us and he was like just so precious and telling me how proud he was of me and like thanking me for having his baby again and 
just telling me how, like, what a great job I was doing. And I, I was just telling him, like, thank you so much. I can't do it without you. Like, thank you so much for being so present and helping. And so we just had this really sweet moment while I'm peeing on the toilet. He, like, turned on the water for me so I could pee. And so it ended up being, like, this, this most sweet time. The part that I was dreading the most ended up being the sweetest. And so it was just funny. Just the things that the Lord can do in your, your with your expectations. It's just always a, a sweet surprise. Um so yeah, so we had a sweet time at our potty break and then um, ran back. And um, so, oh, but while I was on the toilet, I checked myself. And so I was like, um, I could, I was like, I could feel her head. Like I can feel it. it's not that far up there. I couldn't feel my cervix anymore, but I felt like a significant bag of water. Um, so I was like, maybe, um, like I, I think I was starting to feel pushy at that point. So when we went back, I was like, can you just double check, make sure I don't have any cervix left that I couldn't feel. I think, I think I might be ready to push soon. And, um, but also tell me what you think about breaking her water. Like if she's really high, I didn't want her to break my water and risk cord prolapse and all of that. But, um, if she's low enough, I was like, tell me if you think she's low enough. And if she is, maybe she'll just come out because it was like just floating bag and then head right there. So she was like, okay. Yeah. She's like, you're definitely 10 centimeters. Um, she's like, I don't feel any cervix left, but she's still a little high. So I would, I would probably wait. It's like, okay, she'll come out eventually. She'll come out eventually. She'll come out eventually. <laughs> and so, um, I was kind of sitting on my knees again in the pool, but like really low squat. So I was almost sitting like on the floor in kind of a squat position. If that makes sense. Cause Jonathan told me later, he's like, I wasn't sure how you were going to push her out. Cause I thought you were sitting on her head. <laughs> I was like, oh, well it worked out. Um, so, yeah, so at that point, so it was probably like maybe 30 minutes. It was like two, two in the morning. Yes, yeah, probably like 30 minutes after that. Um, I was feeling pushy. And so um, she, I was like, can you just check again? Because I was pushing at that point, but I felt like nothing was happening. Like I couldn't feel any descending. Nobody was checking. Her, Angie was so hands off, but in such like a beautiful way where she would just sneak in and check baby's heart rate. But I felt like she was just a background presence and, but in a reassuring way, like I'm so glad she's here, but she didn't tell me to do anything. It was just whatever I asked her she would do. But other than that, she just hung out in the corner charting and just like hanging out. Um, and so when I asked her, I was like, can you please just check again? Can you just see if she's any lower? And she checked me and she's like, she's lower. Do you want me to break it? I was like, yes, please do. And Jonathan was like, no, it'd be cool to see her come out in the, in the bag of waters. I was like, I'll show you a YouTube video. <laughs> it's cool. I know, but no, <laughs> not for me, <laughs> not for me, maybe someday, but not today. Um, so she broke my water and it was like this instant thud. Like as soon as she broke my water, this baby just came flying down and I was like, oh wow. Okay. So, um, that was probably like two 10 or something and she was born at 213 so it was like two yeah. contractions um mm -hmm. which was exactly what i thought was going to happen because she was i just felt like that was all that was there she was just too floaty mm -hmm. um so but yeah she just like shoved down and then i just like reached down to feel and i could feel her like wrinkly scalp and i was kind of giving myself my own perineal support trying to hold her in i was trying to like kegel this baby in to not burst her out <laughs> i was like i don't think this is working but i'm gonna try and so um I was kind of like pausing and breathing and I was like, oh my gosh, she's like right here. And then just that 
joy of thinking like I'm touching my baby's head like I'm about to meet this baby and it's just there's nothing like that feeling in the world of like being on the cusp of meeting somebody who you love and you've not met yet and it's just so so precious but um so anyway next like I pop out her head and it was pretty I felt like it was kind of slow I definitely felt the ring of fire with her um like I did with Everett and so um but the water I felt like helped I felt like it was the water made it easier um so and this was my first water birth I had not had a water birth yet so even though I labored in the water I was like I'm actually having a baby in the tub um so and then I had her head and then I kind of like was breathing for a minute and then I kind of panicked I was like wait her head's out maybe I shouldn't like dilly dally with her whole head out in the water even though you know they're they haven't really had the the instinct to gasp and stimulate like breathing and everything except air but I still was like oh gosh her whole head is out underwater I should probably push the rest out. And so then um, I just gave like a big push and out she came and um, she just like floated up and I caught her myself and she had like a loop of cord around her neck and I just like unlooped it and brought her up and she was kind of stunned. So she's just looking at me. So I'm kind of like rubbing her. I'm like, hey, baby, hey, baby. And I like wiped off her, her mouth and her nose. And then she just let out the tiniest, sweetest little cry. And uh, like you could just feel the relief in the room because when a baby comes out stunned, everybody's a little bit stunned too you're like are you okay mm-hmm. and then um everybody's like yeah and the joy just fills the room the way it does when a new baby comes into it and mm-hmm. it was perfect it was just a dream so we had we had our girl and she was uh we entered sophia sophia june and she was six pounds 11 ounces and 19 and three quarter inches so almost same size as my last baby wow. yeah um, you are right on it yeah, so they've all been Very different weeks, so like a 39, yeah. a 37, a 38, and they're all like within a couple ounces of each other. So just that timer goes off with the like the turkey timer. It's done. They're done. Cooked. <laughs> here we go. Yeah, so um, so yeah, she was, she, and her postpartum was like the dreamiest dream come true. Mm-hmm. Just getting to be already at home, and then they just got me out, and like I got a shower, sat on the couch, uh, just snuggled her, and then uh, my – how old was he at the time? He was four at the time. <clears throat> he came out like in the middle of the night and he's like, is that baby Sophia? And he comes over to the baby and he's so excited. And so just having the kids there and I'm getting to meet the baby right away. And ever the next morning, he was only two. And he just noticed my sister at first. We were like, look who's here. And he's like, aunt sissy. And we're like, look who else is here. <laughs> and he was like, oh, and so he started calling her baby Fia. He couldn't say Sophia. And so that's still what she goes by to this day is Fia. That's um, So, yeah, so that was perfect. And then my in-laws ended up coming and getting the boys and keeping them for two nights. And so Jonathan and I just got to be home with this baby by ourselves. And it was, like, November. So we just um, – it was, like, the best time of year in Florida where the weather is just – amazing so we just like went outside we rode on our my father-in-law's little like ranger through the woods um and we just it was just so fun I did not tear so I was not sore I never had any burning when I peed the the afterbirth contractions were not as bad as the time before but also it's my third baby so I felt like I knew more tricks this time um and then also even with the baby I felt like I had just had a a better perspective like the baby will sleep someday the baby will like it just you just remember how fast it goes and so everything is just not as big of a deal and you just enjoy it more and so everything about hers just felt so dreamy and then we were 
like I said, just us for three days. Our church family was bringing us meals, which I we had for each of the babies, which was tremendous. Um, but so we didn't have to cook. We just sat around like watching Christmas Hallmark movies and enjoying our newborn. Like we had no other responsibilities because our family was keeping our kids. It was so, so amazing. <laughs> it was so amazing. And then my husband's job had started at that point giving paternity leave. So he was like, we got to have a baby every year now, like six weeks off. We get all the, like, <laughs> you don't have to cook. We need to have a baby every year. So we, we still stuck to the every two year, but it, we really have enjoyed having our babies for sure. Um, but she also, she also had a tongue and lip tie. So we had hers fixed um, as well. And I had no issues nursing her after that either. And then, um, yeah, the slow pushing pays off and, um, yeah, it's all just so sweet and, but it's so fleeting. And so just from like, I felt like we just really soaked her up and just really enjoyed her. And that was really, really special. So, but yeah, so those are my, those are my three babies. And so uh, far, yeah, we've got, so far, we'll I have, have to have you back on and a you know, a couple of weeks here. Yeah. <laughs> you say you're, what, 24 as we're doing this? 24? 25. Yes. I'm due. I have the same exact due date as I had with Sophia. Um, so November again. Yeah. So and who knows when, cause you never know when, but sometime mm-hmm. November. Yeah. Right. With you, especially it's like, really, I know there's no rhyme or reason. <laughs> yes. Oh man, Ellie, these, your stories were just so feel good, bubbly, like this is what birth can be, you know, like this is what it can be so joyful. Just, I really, I know that this one is going to be one that moms really gravitate to and appreciate. And uh, I recommend this one, like when you're like, okay, I think I'm going into labor soon. Like come back and listen to this one. Yeah, this one is- listen to the happy ones. No. Don't listen to this. <laughs> That's yeah. amazing. I, I'm so grateful. It was, it was such an honor to hear your stories and, um, yeah, I mean, just just so beautiful. So thank you so much for coming on the Happy Home Birth Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It's been um, just a pleasure. And thank you for letting me share. Like, these are just some of my, like, my favorite births for sure. And I've been to a ton of births. And I, like, what a gift that is to have your own births be your favorite. But also just like my, some of my favorite stories of God's faithfulness in my life of just being able to look back and see him answer prayers and just see him, even if it's not the way that I wanted him to answer it, it was the way they needed to be answered. And just being able to look back and see, like, he can be trusted. And Mm -hmm. um, just that, like, birth does not, even though all of my, it's hard to say it and really feel like you mean it when all of my births have gone well. But at the same time, like, being willing to hold my birth with an open hand and still trust Mm -hmm. the Lord um, has been, I think, the biggest thing to me that I've learned is, like, the outcome is not the whole point. You know, like right. the whole point is learning to trust the Lord and then like be joyful in the process kind of no matter how it turns out. But then also he's been just really kind and gracious to me. And you almost feel, get like survivor's guilt of like, oh, maybe now this birth is going to suck because I've had nice ones. But so far, none of, none of mine have. Yeah, and so, and you know, it doesn't work that like that. And so that's mm-hmm. always been encouraging to me too. Like his grace doesn't run out. And, um, yeah. you, can, you know, like there's always more grace, even if it's not your ideal birth experience. Mm-hmm there is still grace for whatever you have to face in it. And um, so I'm just thankful for that. But thank you so much for having me on. Oh, I love it. That was a perfect, I couldn't have said it better myself. Thank you so much, Ellie. Thank you. Thank you. It's a joy. Weren't Ellie's stories so feel good? As we head into this week's episode roundup, a few thoughts really come to mind. 
Number one, when it comes to birth, our lens is crucial to how we view the situation. Ellie recognized that the only thing standing in her way from fully enjoying or appreciating her second birth experience was an internal battle based around the idea that her experience was supposed to be something different than it was. It is crucial for us as mothers to enter each birthing experience with curiosity and a beginner's mind, knowing that the experience will bring to us whatever lessons we need most. A positive and curious lens can make all of the difference. And ultimately, birth is normal until proven otherwise. Entering this experience, recognizing that physiological labor was designed to work, allows us to relax and release into this process with confidence and comfort. Having trusted care providers and a trusted location can truly help mothers sink warmly into the headspace needed to submit to the birthing process. So much of what I am saying right now resonates so deeply with the founding principles of the Home Birth Collective and what it is that we as a cohort are seeking to do together. This concept of having an open mindset in terms of our birth of preparing ourselves in a way that allows us to be ready for whatever the scenario is so that we can integrate it and properly enjoy and love our experience and allow that to transform us in motherhood. It's critical and it's exactly what we need so that we can reach the end and look back with those rose-colored glasses. That's a wonderful way to look back on our birth. If this is something that interests you, if you want to dive deeper than just the physiological discussion of birth and just the coping techniques, if you're really ready to harness this situation so that it can determine an empowering motherhood experience, I hope that you will consider hopping on the waitlist for the Home Birth Collective. We will have our second cohort running beginning in the middle of October and running through December. And this first collective has been transformative. I, as the the leader of it, have been transformed. I love the women that I'm working with so much. And I really am so excited to be able to continue with this next group as it opens up. So if you know that you're ready, go ahead and get on that wait list because it is an intimate small group experience and these spots will fill up quickly. Go to myhappyhomebirth.com forward slash collective. All right, my friends, I hope you enjoyed this one as much as I did. That is all that I've got for you for today, and I will see you back here next week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Are you looking to extend the home birth support, encouragement, and education? Join us in our Facebook group, Happy Home Birth Podcast Community, and check us out on Instagram at Happy Home Birth Podcast.